Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out MariaMenounos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome back to After Buzz TV. We're hitting you with another after show for Just Jillian. We've got season one, episodes seven and eight. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller. If you haven't already, make sure you go to YouTube Science, uh, YouTube Sound, jeez, I'm losing my mind. YouTube SoundCloud or iTunes or all of them and rate, comment and subscribe. Let us know what you think. And I am alone tonight. Hopefully not entirely. If you guys are on the live chat, hop on there and let me know your thoughts on today's episode. But if you're not, I'm here and we're going to get right into it. Let's start with episode seven. If you guys want to follow me on social media, I am a, I'm, I'm all alone and just a mess right now. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Rockin' Mama Life on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can find all of us at AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV. Episode 7, I've, I've gathered myself. Episode 7, she's always right. And obviously, she we're talking about is Jillian because Jillian is always right, except when she's wrong. Um, we open up this episode with, you know, the little blooper reel of her drinking this coffee that she deems worse than moonshine. And I don't know how you guys feel about these little openings. I kind of like them. I feel like they are these outtakes of the footage and they're fun and they give you a little insight on Jillian. This one wasn't my top favorite. I didn't think it was that great and kind of made her look a little bit bitchy, but it was fun nonetheless. Um, we start with her talking about how she carves time out for her kids and she's sitting at the table with Lou and Phoenix and she noticed that Phoenix has a gash on her face and she says he has a scar like Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. And apparently little Phoenix is getting beat up at school and I think Phoenix is in preschool, so it's pretty intense. Um, and so we go into Jillian talking about how she gives Phoenix permission to whack the other kid back and she starts talking about how she doesn't really believe in a lot of the parenting trends that everybody will be your friend and you can be friends with anyone she's like that's kind of crap like if someone's a jerk they're a jerk and then she talks to the kids and and I love when she does these little chants with them on her parenting uh, ideals and she basically is like we never start a fight but what can we do, kids? And they're like, we can end it, which I actually think is kind of sound parenting advice. Like, my son is a little bit of a reserved kid, and he gets beat up a little bit, too. And I really wish that he would stand up for himself more. Now, I don't necessarily tell him to whack the other kids back, but I totally get where Jillian's coming from. You know, if your kid's getting beat up, then they should learn self-defense. And Jillian talks about how there was this girl that bullied her. And so she went and she learned karate and eventually became a black belt. And she went up to the girl and she was like, look, bring it. I will own you or something along those lines. And the girl never bothered her again. So she wants this for her kids. Um, so we see Jillian taking him to karate, right? So he goes to karate, and of course, Jillian's micromanaging the karate instructor. And I love how he sho shoots her down. He's like, Jill, I got this. <laughs> and Heidi's like, he's teaching. And Jillian says, you know, I'm a black belt. But Heidi kindly reminds her that this man who's teaching her kids is like a 10-time black belt and knows what he's doing. Um, so... 
Heidi and Jill don't exactly see eye to eye on how to deal with this issue. Heidi thinks we should talk it out and she's talked to the principal and she's talked to the teachers and apparently Jill, we find out, is not allowed to talk to teachers and parents anymore because apparently last year Lou was in a similar situation where she was getting beat up at school. Nobody was doing anything about it. They went Heidi's route and they talked to the teachers and they talked to the principal and they were handling it. And apparently all came to a head at the uh, parent-teacher conference night, you know, the big open house night where Jill said that she, um, if you don't step in, I'll handle this shit myself and you don't want to see where it goes from there. And apparently after that little outburst she had, she's no longer allowed to address issues with the teachers or or parents at the school. It has to be via Heidi, which I found pretty hysterical because that would probably be me in my relationship with my husband. Like I would be the one that's like not allowed to handle it anymore. And my husband would be the one that's like, let's just talk it out, which sometimes works. I'm a big proponent of talk it out, but sometimes you need to just stand up for yourself. Uh, So we see Phoenix in the self-defense class and he breaks the board. And I love this moment between uh, Jill and Phoenix where she's just so proud of him. He's so proud of himself. And it was just super sweet and loving. And I think kind of why we love this Just Jillian show, because we really get to see her with her family and what a different kind of person she is in her home life. Uh, So yeah, so that was Phoenix. And then, so we've got Phoenix getting his self-defense on. He's learning his karate. But Heidi still thinks that they need to approach it in a let's not whack the other kid way. So she suggests that they go and invite Roman, who's... Roman the Terrible, who's been beating up their son, to a play date, and they go to this big farm for Halloween. Apparently, Heidi makes them all dress up as Ninja Turtle characters, which I found hysterical because nobody else there was dressed up at all, not even the children. Uh, so they're running around like Ninja Turtles and in a, all the characters from that. Jill has a giant rat head on. It was kind of entertaining so they bring Roman and they find out that Roman is just this sweet little kid you know as kids are kids aren't bad at that age they just kind of get in kerfuffles and and so it's going great the kids are playing they're having a great time and we see Jill admitting at the end after cheating in the maze which we'll get to that but she admits you know okay well, I guess the best way to make an enemy, you know, the best way to get at your enemy is to make them a friend first or something like that. And I love that that even though Heidi was right, you know, Heidi's idea for this play date worked really well and the kids got along great and now they're buddies. Jillian still won't admit, Heidi, you're right. This is the way to go, which I found hysterical. And obviously the name of the episode is She's Always Right. Um, okay, so that's that. And oh yeah, so they go to this maze. This is this is one of my favorite parts of the play date. They're in this corn maze and they're trying to find the haystack and they're Jillian and Heidi are racing to get there. So Jillian has Roman with her and Giancarlo and they decide that they're gonna pay somebody twenty bucks to tell them where the haystack is and little Roman is like isn't that cheating and Jillian says no that's being strategic which is I mean I could see where she's coming from that way but it was cheating Jill and so they make it to the haystack and Heidi's like I'm pretty sure you cheated so that was that fun little fiasco but now we're hoping that Phoenix A has some self-confidence from his karate and B is now friends with Roman the Terrible so he won't be coming home with gashes on his face anymore. Uh, the other Guys, this episode was so juicy, by the way. There's so much stuff happening. We also are introduced to Jillian's healthy grab-and-go food line, Slim Soul. Uh, and we have this taste test where these chefs are coming to her house and they're doing desserts and some pasta dishes. And obviously... Chloe and Paige and Heidi decided they're going to join in and taste the foods too. Jillian loves the mason jar dessert, which looked and sounded delicious. And then they start the pastas. 
Jillian loves this spinach ravioli with sweet corn. And the other people are like, I don't really like my pasta sweet. And, and we see Jillian get a little perturbed because she doesn't really care what anybody else's opinion is. It's her food line. It's her stamp of approval. So she really couldn't care less what her assistant and hairdresser and her friends think. But they give their opinions anyways. And they all seem to like this gluten-free pasta that has uh, white beans in it. And Jillian is not a fan. She is adamant this will not be in her line. It's so gross. But every other person at the table likes it. And Heidi gently is like, Jill, you're one opinion. But if three people like it and you don't, maybe it's good. And Jillian just can't see past the fact that she doesn't like this. So nobody should like it and has the brilliant idea we should take it to the consumers and they will obviously agree with Jill because Jill's always right. So they go to Ralph's and Giancarlo and everybody thinks it's a terrible idea for Jill to go because they're not going to get honest feedback because she's there and people want to please her and she's a little intimidating as we see. Um, But she goes and she's convinced and the first three people don't like it and she thinks that she is so right. She's validated. This pasta is disgusting. But then we see every other person after that love this pasta. And Jillian starts swearing at them and telling them that they're effing liars and that it isn't great to the point where people are like, Jill, you cannot yell at these customers. You can't swear at them. And it was hysterical because Jillian, I don't think, even realizes that she's swearing half of the time. And even Nicole was like, I kind of tune it out. I guess you were probably swearing a lot. It just happens so often that I don't even hear it anymore. So I do genuinely think that Jillian didn't realize she was swearing. And I love that she points out that swearing is a stress relief because it is. It actually is a way to decrease your stress. Maybe not the best idea when you're talking to your future consumers. But Jillian finally admits that she doesn't say she's wrong, but she is willing to consider for the sake of her food line a reimagination of this dish. So she doesn't ever agree that this dish was okay or that it was good, but she says she'll consider an evolution of the kale bean dish, which I thought was funny because again, we're seeing Jillian not admit that she's wrong because Jillian's always right, but she's at least, you know, agreeing that it could be something decent. Uh, Also in this episode, we see Jillian being awarded a PETA award. She's at the PETA 35th Annual Awards. And this was news to me. I don't know if you guys knew this. I mean, obviously, they live on a farm that's pretty much a zoo. They've got chickens and a pig and like 14 koi fish and Lord knows what other animals running around there. So I knew that they were animal people, but I kind of got the impression that it was mostly Heidi that was really into the animals. But we found out that Jillian's really active on animal rights, especially dealing with animal abuse in the entertainment industry. And that's what she's being awarded for, which I thought was really cool and probably a really special fun date night for her and Heidi to share that passion together and go and have Jill be honored for something that they both really believe in. Um, And I totally, I'm with her 100%. I used to live in New York City and those Horse rides in Central Park just made me so sad every time I saw those horses. It is, in my opinion, animal abuse. Um, but they go, Jillian's getting an award. My favorite part of this, we know Jillian does not like the red carpets. We find out Heidi hates the red carpets because she's shoved to the side and feels kind of out of place there and not necessary. But she ends up saving Jill's rear end at this one because apparently the the interviewer asks Jillian about some recipe in a book that she put out years ago and Jillian had no idea what they were talking about but Heidi did and she kind of saved her rear end but I would like to point out who asks somebody on the red carpet about a six-year-old book like one random recipe in it I mean I get it you're you're kudos to you whoever asked that question for doing your research but I mean, come on. Do you really think that if you go and you ask, like, Giada a recipe from her first recipe book that she'll know, like, all the details? Okay, maybe bad example. She probably does. But 
I think it's fair game that Jill probably doesn't remember all of the recipes and the book she released six years ago, especially given what we see on the show and how busy she is and how much stuff she's done since then, that that's probably, you know, dust in her memory at this point. I'm sure she poured a lot of time and energy into it at the time, but she's so busy that I can't even imagine she would know what she even did six years ago at the, at the rate she's going. Um, so then the next little thing in this episode was actually a big thing. Jill was asked to be, we saw a couple episodes back, Jill was asked to be the officiant for Andy's wedding, her best friend, Andy. And I love that Jillian's kind of like, I don't know why the heck she asked me. Like, this is ridiculous, which I have to agree with Jill. Like, why? I get Andy is her best friend and Andy loves her, but Andy also knows that Jill hates marriage and weddings and I just don't know I don't know even if you were my best friend in the world I don't think I would ask you to officiate my wedding if I knew you hated marriage and didn't believe in it but she did ask her and Heidi's hoping that when Jill's officiating the wedding she'll finally realize that she is you know in okay with marriage or change of heart, which I think is really sad and endearing at the same time. Every time Heidi talked in this episode, it just broke my heart a little bit because she just loves Jill so much and all she wants is her to change her mind on marriage. And on the one hand, I totally get it. You know, it's like, why doesn't she believe in you guys enough to get married? But on the other hand, it's like you knew what you were getting into and you signed up for it. I guess you didn't sign up for it. But when you got into a relationship with Jill, you kind of knew her her stance on that. I can't imagine from the get-go, Jill was this like open, like serious relationship kind of person. I envision that she probably was a tough cookie to crack. And so I think it's kind of hard to then expect her to change so drastically over the course of the relationship. Um, so Jill ends up getting this uh, ministry card, which is this like black card, which I thought was hysterical. And she's all pissed because they gave her personal address. She's like, now they're going to know where I live. Um, And then we see, so Jill's trying to write all this stuff. Andy tells her that, you know, no more than 30 minutes. And Jill's kind of freaking out because she doesn't know how she's going to come up with 30 minutes of material on something she doesn't believe in. I think she actually said human beings don't love unconditionally, which broke my heart. That's so sad. I think humans love unconditionally. Not necessarily everybody, but I think true love is unconditional. I don't know what you guys think, but I am a believer in love. Um, Jill gets to the wedding, and the first thing she tells Andy on the morning of her wedding when she's officiating the thing is, don't worry, there's still time to run. And Andy just starts crying. And I think all of us were probably a little mortified for everybody in this situation. Like, first of all, Jill, I know you were just making a joke, bad joke, wrong time. But also, why the heck would you say that to somebody on their wedding day when you're the one who's bringing their love together? I just didn't get that choice in inappropriate jokes, but to each his own. But the good news is Jill kind of has a... (laughs) realizes the situation. She's like, oh, sit down. What's going on? And apparently it's very stressful, a lot of pressure, which I found interesting because fast forward to the actual ceremony and apparently there's no wedding planner. Nothing is planned. They had no rehearsal. So of course you're stressed. You didn't do anything to gear up to the wedding. Perhaps if you had a rehearsal the day before and you knew what was going to happen, you wouldn't be so stressed. I think that's why they have them. But Jill's sitting there trying to figure out where she's supposed to stand, what she's supposed to do. They're moving the, it almost looked like the chuppah, um, the big, you know, garland that they were going to stand under. Although I actually think that was a poor decision. I think it was supposed to be behind them and Jill was standing in the middle because if you notice during the wedding ceremony, there were shadows kind of over each of their heads. I can see this. <laughs> Candle vlogger, hello. <laughs> I can see you. Talk to me. 
So the the hoofa thing, I think, was supposed to actually be set behind where they were standing because it cast shadows over the bride and groom. And so if they were taking photos, you couldn't really get great photos. The groom in particular was like under some ivy. So I don't know if you guys felt the same way I did, but I think that was a mistake moving that over where they were standing. I think it was supposed to set behind them. But that's just my thought. And then she moved the table, which obviously would have been for, you know, joining, you know, lighting candles or sometimes on the beach, they'll do two different things of sand and putting them together at the wedding. But anyways, this is all details. The things I think of because, you know, weddings. Hi, candle vlogger. Chat with me. (laughs) So uh, if you guys uh, saw, then she officiates the wedding, right? And I don't know how I felt about this wedding officiate duties of Jill's. I get that she's, you know, kind of crass and has a unique sense of humor, which I find hysterical, but I really felt like her um, her sermon or whatever you want to call it, the service that she gave at their wedding was more appropriate maybe for a toast at the reception. You know, it was the kind of thing that would have killed in the reception. It was fun and lighthearted. It made fun of them a little bit, but in a really fun way and lighthearted way. But I didn't really feel like it was appropriate at all for a wedding. Um, And, you know, Jill mentions that Andy's very hippy-dippy, and so maybe she knew going into it that it wasn't going to be very uh, traditional, but I thought some of the things Jill said were a little over the top. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But I'm curious to see what you guys thought. I don't know. I feel like obviously Andy knew what she was getting into in hiring Jill for this, but I still feel like Jill maybe went a little bit far. I have not heard of Offbeat Bride. Um, somebody in the in the live chat is asking if we've heard of Offbeat Bride, which I have not. So maybe that is something having to do with a odd wedding ceremony. <laughs> um, yeah, so either way, Offbeat, hippie or not, I'm pretty sure nobody really wants to be called out as a cougar on their wedding day or have their husband outed as like a ladies' man and the, the vows that they're sharing to bring their lives together. But to each his own. Perhaps it was the wedding ceremony of Andy's dreams. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, I do love that Heidi was apparently so endeared by Jill's performance as the officiant that she was convinced that she's going to change her mind on marriage. And Jill very clearly points out that all of this is a load of rubbish, which kind of really, I think, broke Heidi's heart a little bit. Which I think actually could have been the title of this episode, break Heidi's heart. The whole episode and the ending of it especially where we see Jillian on Wendy Williams and Wendy asks her, you know, we've seen it in the previews, this question. Apparently last time Jill was on Wendy, she said she'll get married when they make marriage legal for everyone. And so Wendy calls her out on it. She says, it's legal now. Where's the ring? And Jill kind of backtracks and it was really uncomfortable and she you know she started to get into you know my history with her family history and Wendy's just sort of like oh I gotcha but Heidi was watching and you just see her devastated I think this is kind of the moment where Heidi realizes Jill just doesn't get it and she's not gonna change and I don't know what to do from here and it was so devastating to see this um and ending the episode uh just broke my heart and I I don't know how you guys felt about it but it was just so sad you know and it's I think it's really common when two people are in you know there's a lot of love but they just have fundamental differences in beliefs and I think that's kind of what we have here and neither one of them really seems willing to change until episode eight. Yay! Which brings us into episode eight, which hands down was my favorite episode of the season and I think warrants them buying a season two because this episode was fantastic. Um, I do or I don't, question mark, is the title. 
And that is the big theme, which is marriage. And we'll get into that in a minute because there are a couple different sub-themes in this episode. Before that, but just before we get started, overall, I felt like this this episode and episode seven were the first time we really see Jillian relax a little bit more in front of the camera. I feel like the whole season leading up to this, she's been very over the top. And I get it, she's a kind of intense person, but I also feel like it's a little bit having to do with her history in front of the camera on being on Biggest Loser, where she probably was coached and encouraged to be very over the top and loud and big and give this performance to create this persona for herself. And I think that we've sort of seen her struggle throughout the season in trying to be herself, but not be overly, you know, adding more to who she is, being almost performing as herself, if that makes any sense. And these last two episodes, I really felt like she kind of was more comfortable in front of the camera. We see her with her kids just being really genuine in herself. And we see her, you know, in in episode eight in particular, I think we finally see her really being genuine and and kind of normal in front of the camera. Not a normal person, but the normal Jillian, you know, still loud and still herself, but not a heightened version of herself, which I think is what we've been seeing the whole season. And I think maybe what some people, you know, the numbers for the show haven't been great. And I think that may have been a drawback for a lot of people because on the one hand, you see this side of Jillian that's really endearing and different from what you've seen on TV. But then you also see this overly heightened version of her that is hard to connect with because it's not very genuine. And I think these last two episodes, we really got to see the genuine Jillian. So I really do hope that there is a season two so we can see more of her because I think she's got a lot to say and I think that she's very inspirational for a lot of people, um, moms and fitness-wise, you know, and just people in general. So episode eight, we open up and this, again, I guys, I love this episode. It's the finale and really head to toe, I loved it. Stella their pig stole the show for me I'm not gonna lie we see Stella just kind of like rummaging outside and Jillian's trying to corral her and we find out that Stella's been like opening all the cabinets and apparently was like trying to eat a ham sandwich which is of her own kind it was it was just brilliant I loved it I love Stella I want to see more of Stella my husband's always wanted a pig I can't do it but they are kind of sweet if I had a big house with a giant outdoor space and I could just leave the pig out there. But until then, no pig for us. But Stella, if I were to have a pig, I would have one like Stella. She's adorable. So we open up this episode. Jillian has been offered a three to four page spread in Cosmo magazine, which is huge. She, you know, we see very early in this season how Jillian and Giancarlo are butting heads on Jillian's branding. John Carlo really wants to move, push the lifestyle brand, get into the fashion magazines, move away from fitness a little bit, not entirely, but just sort of branch out from fitness. And Jillian is really adamant that her brand is fitness and she doesn't fit in this fashion world. So when she finds out about the Cosmo uh, spread, she's kind of like, what is happening? Um, It is fitness, but it is still within you know, a fat, more fashion type of magazine. So it's a really exciting opportunity for Jill and her brand. She's going to do a three to four page spread. One page is lifestyle and then three fitness. And then it's going to, they're going to weave in a six page story inspiring girls to jump into their New Year's resolutions uh, being inspired by Jillian, which I thought was really great and a perfect way for her to branch out into some of these other um, kind of sources, I guess, is fitness, out from fitness and into more fashion magazines. But we see Jillian not believing Giancarlo. She's like, who did you sleep with to do this? And Giancarlo says, nobody this time, which made me think, has he slept with people in the past to get opportunities for Jillian? Because that's strange on many levels. Like, it's one thing to sleep with somebody to get yourself forward, But to sleep with somebody so that you can further somebody else's brand is just a whole new level of weird. I don't know. I'm hoping they were joking. But if they weren't, 
I don't know, Giancarlo. I'm not entirely sold on you thus far, and that definitely did not help your street cred with this kid. I don't know what you guys think. I found that comment a little bit strange, and what it inferred even creepier. Um, so Jillian's on the shoot. She's apparently in 12 years never been asked to do anything other than fitness. So this is a big deal for her. Giancarlo's been working on this deal for over a year, which goes to show you guys, you know, Jillian is, I think, very, very successful. And I think a lot of people would agree. Um, but even still, she had to work for over a year to try to branch out her brand from fitness to lifestyle and be offered an opportunity like this, which is mind-blowing to me because she's been on the cover of Health and Fitness and Shape and all these magazines and has this huge empire, but still hasn't been able to even do a fitness spread in a fashion magazine, which is insane. Um, so it's just interesting to see that somebody of that level even still has to push and push and push and push to find success, which I thought, you know, as, as a normal person, was really inspiring. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I apologize for the coughing. Kind of awkward. Um, so on the shoot day, we Jillian talks about how this is like her battle of Normandy. Like she's got to really go for it. And apparently it's 18,000 degrees outside. We see Jillian just kind of melting, and I think the the grossest part of this, yet the most entertaining part, was when she leans over and just drops like the sweaty chicken cutlets, which are those um, the fake boobs that you put in to have boobs. Uh, they just sort of like drop out of her little swimsuit leotard thing. It was disgusting. The sound they made, it was like like they've been suction cup on with like wet sweat it was oh it's pretty gross but it was also hysterically funny she refers to herself as the wicked witch of the west and she's just melting um the shoot looked amazing she looked amazing and she says no i did not photoshop my body and i mean seeing the footage from the show even if they did photoshop her body they didn't need to because she looked freaking amazing. Her body is unreal. Like, obviously, she works really hard at it, and rightfully so. Her body's amazing. So if they did airbrush it, it was not needed because she looked killer in the actual shoot. Um, she's multitasking on the shoot, which I found interesting. If this is your Battle of Normandy in this big, big 12-year thing... Why would you be taking meetings on the set of your shoot? I found that a little bit strange place to do some multitasking. But either way, we see T Major come in, who is, you know, one of the trainers that she's trying to nurture and grow into her brand. And she talks to him about getting started with bigger public workouts because they have this perfect opportunity. Uh, they work with Thrive Market and Blue Star Families and they're doing this big military family event. Um, and T Major, with his military background, would obviously be the perfect person to jump on stage with Jill and get out there and get some experience teaching in a group setting like that because Jillian does a lot of these big public workouts. It's part of how she's built her brand. It's really important to her. And so obviously she wants the trainers she's training to get into that as well, which I think is smart. I think it's a great way and it shows a lot about Jillian that she's not too cool or not too good to really get out there and do what inspires her and what makes this all worth it to her, which is actually helping people and inspiring change in people. Um, so we get... We, we find out that Chloe has a crush on T Major, and Jillian is all about that. She's like, wants to hook up Chloe and T. They talk about how Jillian has terrible taste in men. It was hysterical. I think Chloe and T Major would make a darling couple. And so, again, want a season two because I want to see what happens with T Major and Chloe because I think that could be hysterical. Um, we get to the, to the workout. And there's technical difficulties again. Giancarlo and Jill are freaking out. And all I could think was exactly what 
T was saying, which is, what's the big deal? Make it work. There's no mic. Make it work. And I think this is a product of Jillian doing so many things and being used to having certain, you know, amenities, I guess you would say. If, if, you know, you're used to having a car and then all of a sudden your car breaks down, you have to take public transportation, it's the end of your world. But if you never had a car in the first place and you always take public transportation, it's no big deal. And so we see T Major coming in. He's like, what's the big deal? And it kind of looked like he didn't care. But I think genuinely he just didn't get what the big deal of not having a mic, a wireless mic was. He was like, I'll just hold the mic and I'll cue through it and I'll make it work. And Jillian was like, this is no good. This can't happen. Her and Giancarlo are freaking out. Teenagers, just like adversity builds character. We'll make it work, which I loved. And I wish that Jillian and Giancarlo could have, you know, agreed to that with him and, and really seen that it's not a big deal. But hopefully they do in the future because T-Major gets up there and he kills it. He didn't need a wireless mic. He didn't need anything fancy. He was engaging and he had a great personality. He made it work and he proved to them that he's really great at this and that regardless of the situation, you can still have an amazing performance. And I hope that maybe Giancarlo and Jillian learned a little lesson from him in adversity and not freaking out over not having the perfect microphone for your thing. You know, some some people do presenting like that without a microphone at all and they make it work and they cue visually and, and they just figure it out. But so I hope they got a little taste of Maybe we don't have to be so intense about it. Um, Which brings us to intense, the highlight of the episode, which is all of this talk about marriage. We have seen through the whole season this Heidi wants Jill to believe in them enough to change her views on marriage. And Jill wants Heidi to respect that she just doesn't believe in marriage as an institution. And the two of them just agree to disagree or don't really agree to disagree. They're both kind of bummed about it the whole season. And it comes to a head this episode. I think the Wendy Williams was really a catalyst for Heidi, kind of, you know, the final straw where she really felt humiliated. She felt like Jillian basically humiliated her on national TV. And she goes flower shopping with Andy, Jillian's best friend, who I'm sure Heidi and Andy are very close as well and she opens up to to Andy about how she's feeling about how you know the Wendy Williams really made her feel like Jillian was making a mockery of their relationship and marriage and everything that Heidi believes in and she feels like Jillian's so caught in her own views and her own vision of what marriage would be that she doesn't see like Heidi and that she doesn't feel that their love would be enough to make it and to not be like her parents' failed marriage. And I agree with Heidi. I think it's really sad that Jillian had such a bad experience with divorce. (coughs) And again, I can't really, I can't really relate because my parents were high school sweethearts and still married. So I don't know what it's like to be a child of divorce where your parents are using you as a pawn and, and it's really ugly. I imagine that's really, really difficult. But how sad is it that Jillian can't get past that to see what a beautiful relationship she has in front of her and to be able to trust in Heidi that she's not going to be like that. Um, So Andy tells Heidi she's got to tell Jillian how she really feels. And I'm glad that Andy did this because I feel all along that Heidi's just kind of not really wanted to have the conversation. You know when you have a conversation that you really need to have you really don't want to find out the answer. You know, it's it's almost like she's afraid that Jillian, if she tells Jillian, you know, you need to marry me or you need to, like, this is over, that Jillian will say, this is over, I'm not marrying you. And so she won't have that conversation. She won't get real. She won't talk about how much it really means and how much of a deal breaker it is for her. I think out of that fear and Andy's seeing Heidi heartbroken and miserable and she's like you got to tell her like it's not fair for you to be in this relationship and be miserable and unhappy you got to talk to her um so they go on a date night which apparently the thrive market event 
for the military families was too far away for Jill to make it back for date night that Giancarlo kindly offered for them to take a helicopter back, which I thought was ridiculous, but whatever. I often helicopter to my date nights. No, I don't. So they take a helicopter back and they're at dinner. And of course, the first thing Heidi brings up, Jillian's like, isn't this nice restaurant? Oh, date night. Heidi's like, let's talk about Wendy Williams, (laughs) which I thought was funny because I think Heidi had this bubbling up since the flower shop with Andy. And she was like, I can't not talk to her about it right, right now. So she's like, immediately getting into it. I think Jill was taken aback by it. But Heidi really lets her know everything that she talked to Andy about. She lets her know how she feels. And she basically, you know, calls Jillian out on how she only sees the negative and how she understands where Jill's coming from, but how she doesn't understand how Jill can't see how their relationship is different and how Jill can't be open to the possibility that marriage between them could be beautiful like it was with her parent with Heidi's parents and you know I I agree with Heidi and I guess because I'm a love kind of person and I'm married and I believe in marriage and that it means something and that it's you know can be beautiful and long-lasting and unconditional but I think that Heidi needed to say this and I think Jillian really needed to hear it and obviously uh it Jillian took it to heart because the first thing she did when she comes home is she calls her mom, which I love this because I'm, you know, a full-grown adult. And even if I'm fighting with my mom or whatever, if I really need advice about something or talk something out, I still call my mom up. Um, So I love that Jillian still calls her mom. Of course she calls her mom. And she calls her mom and her mom asks how she's doing. She's so I'm fine. And her mom sees right through it as moms always do. And so she lets out all the Wendy Williams marriage Heidi information to her mom. And I love this conversation. I love Jillian's mom. We don't actually see her. We just hear her voice. But she just sounded like, did she sound like she would like bake you fresh cookies and like have all your friends come sit around the table and tell you about their day? I don't know. She just reminded me of that kind of mom, something in her voice. But she seemed very sweet. um, And she basically tells Jillian that not all marriages are going to end in divorce and that she's got to have faith in herself and have faith in Heidi that neither of them are her father and, you know, that that's not going to happen. And this, I think, is, you know, where we really find out more about Jillian in when she's talking about how she's afraid that basically Heidi will leave her and hire a lawyer to prove that she's an unfit mother, which is entirely, you know, ridiculous given what we know about Heidi, but I think very valid given Jill's history with her dad. And I think her dad really was awful in how he handled the divorce. We find out that he apologized to her mom. Her mom tells Jill's mom tells her that he did later call up and apologize for how he handled the divorce, which I think is kind of sad that he called up her mom but has not called up Jillian and obviously made amends and and apologized. Maybe he has tried and she doesn't want to talk to him, but I found that a little bit sad that if he used Jillian so much in this divorce that and he's realized what a jerk he was that he hasn't kind of tried to make amends with her, but maybe he will at some point. Or maybe Jillian doesn't need to hear it. Maybe she just needs to move past it. Uh, but her mother basically says, "You're, you know, that's not going to happen. You're afraid of something that's not going to happen. You know who you are and you know who Heidi is. And she's not your father and you are not your father. And neither of you are going to do that. And then she talks about how Jillian's trying so hard to protect herself against loss that she's not able to fully experience love in life. And I think this was really uh, eye-opening for Jill, I think, to have her mom, who was so hurt terribly by her divorce, to basically turn it around on her and say, "You're this is all your baggage, honey. Like, this has nothing to do with your relationship, and you need to open your eyes and see what's in front of you. And you're so afraid of what could happen that you're not realizing that you're losing all of this beautiful stuff in front of you if you don't move past it. And so 
you know, they basically hang up saying Jill needs to have faith in herself and faith in Heidi. And we see Jill kind of really thinking about that. And then it gets so good because apparently Jill's mom had a breakthrough or maybe Heidi finally letting her know how she really feels had a breakthrough or maybe Jill just finally was forced to really think about why she's so opposed to marriage but she decides to go ring shopping she before she goes ring shopping I love this she asks the kid about the kids about it and Phoenix is like super excited but Lou says it will give her nightmares which is really funny so she takes Chloe with her. They go. Apparently, she's already gotten Heidi a ring, which I guess I missed somehow in this season already, or I don't know if that's something that happened in the past. But apparently, Heidi already has an engagement ring. So Jill decides that, obviously, it will mean more if she wears one, which I totally get. You know, I don't understand how some husbands will not, husbands in particular, will not wear wedding bands. I think that it is literally a symbol of your love and affection like it's part of the actual wedding ceremony that like with this ring i thee wed this is a symbol of our love and affection it's kind of the point so then when men you know one of my husband's friends doesn't wear his he wears it sometimes and i think that's kind of like an f you but i don't know that's just my opinion i don't know what you guys think so i love the fact that jillian was like it will mean more if i get the ring and so of course she finds herself an 8.86 carat Band. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I said. 8.86 carats? That's like, um, you know, go to an average room full of women. That's like 10 people's like engagement rings combined, the amount of carats in that. That's hysterical. So I love that Jillian was like, I'm going to take one for the team and get the biggest, blingiest ring ever. Loves it. Uh, so she is talking in the ring shop about what she should do. And I love this. She's talking about how uh, Heidi's so hard to please because, you know, they went on these, all these amazing experiences and Heidi's like reading a book as they're taking like a helicopter ride over like safaris in India and all this stuff. And Heidi's just not impressed with big flashy things. And so she's trying to find something simple. But then you know she's thinking, if I do something too simple, Heidi's going to think I'm just doing it to do it. So it has to be meaningful and effortful. You know, it has to be something that Jill obviously put some thought and some work into or else Heidi's not going to think it was legit. She's not going to believe it given their history. So she comes up with this idea to have somebody professionally edit this whole movie for them, which I thought was beautiful. So she decides that they're going to put together this movie and have a screening at a theater, which was hysterical. And so uh, the whole time, Heidi's like pissed. She's like, why are we going to a movie at 830? I'm going to fall asleep. It's too late. She's like an ornery old man. She has no idea. They can't get out of the house because the kids are like clinging to them and like screaming. I think she says it's like leaving them with the Gestapo, which is hysterical because that's exactly how it is when I leave the house. Like you literally have to like pry them from your leg and then run out the door. It was hysterical. The kiss and dash is what we call it. So they finally get out of the house. They're going there. Heidi's still like curmudgeoning like the whole way into the theater. She's like, ah, this movie's going to be so late. Why are we going to the movies? What is it? Like, I hate going to the movies. This is so funny. She has no idea. And they get in there. Jillian actually had her parents, her sister, and their friends. She flew in her parents. Her sister's there. Their friends are there. I don't know how they didn't see any of them when they came in, right? So they go in. Jillian is so excited to show her. I love when we see Jillian talking and she's so excited about it. They go in and the movie starts and it says, in a world where it's tough to connect, one woman and then flash to a picture of Jillian with like a bird on her arm and this like ridiculous look on her face and Heidi kind of looks at her and she's like what is this and that's when I started crying I don't know when you guys started crying but this whole rest of this proposal I was literally at a coffee shop watching on my laptop with my sunglasses on because I was crying like I was watching Titanic like a baby. It was not right. So beautiful. I actually wrote down what she said because it was gorgeous. But basically, you know, she found someone special 
And she came to discover where there's love, there's hope, happiness, adventure, endless possibilities. We're great as a couple, better as a family. It was beautiful. And she ends it with with saying, um, I want to be with you for better, for worse, in sickness and in health all the rest of my days. I only have one question for you. And then she had all their friends and family hold up. And this is all in the, the movie they made. Will you marry me? Which was so beautiful. They turn on the lights in the theater. Jillian gets down and proposes and puts a ring on her own finger, which was the best part of it all to me. But Heidi realizes that all their friends and family are there. I'm going to cry talking about it. Jill finally did it. Heidi is so happy. It was just a beautiful moment and, you know, just a really great end of the season because I think we all wanted it to happen, not just for the season, but for their lives. You know, just I just think they have this beautiful family and so much love. And for Jill to finally see that her history with her family doesn't have to be her future with Heidi. It was so beautiful. She says Heidi's the glue that holds everything together. And Heidi's just so happy that Jill, you know, loved her enough to take the chance to risk this worst case scenario. Um, And then we end, of course, on a lighthearted note where basically Jill says it's the lie of the century that she's the boss. Heidi is in charge of everything. She's like a silent controller that she never loses a fight, which was hysterical. Um, So that is it, guys. That is episode seven, episode eight, the end of season one for Just Jillian. It was so good. Um, We don't know if there's going to be a season two. I really hope there is because it would be hysterical to see Jillian and Heidi try to plan a wedding together. That alone could supply enough information for an entire season. Let us know what you guys think. Thank you so much for watching. Hopefully we'll see you with season two. I'm Lindsay Miller. Again, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rockin' Mama Life. You can find all of us at AfterBuzz TV, at AfterBuzz TV across all social media platforms. And make sure you go to YouTube Sound, Sound, I can't ever do that. YouTube Sound Cloud iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. Let us know your feedback, especially comment on this episode so we can comment with you guys in the chat. Thanks for watching. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 